Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 27th of January 2023. This week's post and podcast are both focused on the report from Chris Skidmore's independent review of Net Zero. Called Mission Zero, the report was published two weeks ago. And as the result of what was no doubt a hectic three months for the Skidmore team since the review was announced in the mini-budget in September 2022. There has, of course, been plenty of reaction to the report. The Institute for Government commented that the Skidmore review highlights the government's silence on net zero, while Sir John Armit, chair of the National Infrastructure Commission, said the report nails the argument that inaction now will cost us all in the long run. What else have you seen, Michael? Everything we've seen has been positive. You know, the Grantham produced a whole series of comments from the LSC on it. And I have yet to find any negative comment. I think the piece that everyone is looking for is the government's response and to pick up the quite large volume of work which Chris has pushed towards them through his short list of recommendation or his long list. There's a lot to be done in a very short period of time. And we'll talk about the government response process later in the podcast. Now, there are many recommendations in the report, uh, but following the wise old saying that a thousand mile journey starts with a single step, our post this week focuses on what the Skidmore report calls the 25 for 2025. That's a bit of a mouthful. But I think there are a few more actions than that for 2023 in the longer list, Michael. It certainly is. If you take the long list of about 129 there are 73, 74 for 2023 alone. So there's a huge amount of work to be got through and to timetable and to ensure that they link together and not just taken cherry-picked ones that are easier to do or less easy to do. And obviously our friends in the Green Jobs Delivery Group can pick up the trio around skills and there's more meat around most of the major areas around construction, around transport and the like. But we didn't see much for transport in the list of 25, did we? No, but in the long list, there are five for transport. And our friends in aviation get an honourable mention as well at recommendation number 80 around uh, sustainable aviation fuels and the necessary pre-work that has to be progressed there to allow for investment in suitable plants to produce SAFs. We've started looking more closely at the aviation industry on the Green Edge recently, and we will be posting on what we're finding there over the next few weeks. Now, I'm just going to put you on the spot a little, Michael, here. If you were Rishi Sunak, which recommendations would you see as the most important right now? I would probably see two. One would be around domestic decarbonisation and acceleration of that. I think that's you know the old fashion phrase of old low-flanging fruit. The impact would be very positive on emissions and also energy usage, therefore help people with their bills. The second would be on the education, skills and training front to really pursue that. Anything on skills development takes time. And I think you need to start that with real urgency at the present time. Already some good work's being done, but I think that needs to be built on and boosted with investment. And a reminder that you can find this week's post, which is full of little downloadable Gantt charts, because we like doing things like that, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, and Amazon.
Now, what did the Skidmore report tell us about skills? It lists out three recommendations on skills and pointing very strongly to the continuation of the recommendations of the Green Jobs Task Force to be picked up by the Green Jobs Delivery Group. And I think one observation and concern we have is the whole focus on the skills is very much those skills and capacities actually to install and implement and roll out green technologies and the transition, but less so on generic capacities around the citizen, though Chris Skidmore picks up on the citizen piece in his report and broader engagement, and also those green skills that allow you to mobilise effort and develop collaborations and to move forward on a collective front, be it a community, across businesses within a single sector where we need to see a lot of sharing. And those broader skills, I would call a strategic skill sets, tend to get underplayed. There's gross overemphasis on pushing more into some of the apprenticeship programs, which is great, but we need to have that broader skill set and the wider framework. The sort of framework that was developed by Brookings um, for the whole green skills area And the only one we felt that was missing as a leg in that are those skills around education and training, i.e. having a green skills infrastructure within education and training that can then impart skills knowledge to individuals who can go away and physically do things. And we've had a few conversations recently around the skills piece in areas like retrofitting, haven't we? We have. We've had a great one with the People Powered Retrofit crew up in Manchester. Really impressive what they're achieving. And they are one of the six people who ran through the major pilot paid for by Bayes. And what it shows is small groups of people can have a major impact on helping citizens make complex decisions and then aiding them to actually implement those decisions to change their house to become net zero. What became clear in those conversations to us, and we've had one with the construction KTN, with the Green Skills Partnership down in Kent, is we need more of them if we're going to actually get the vast majority of house owners and landlords to make changes to their properties. And we'll be pulling together a post or two on those conversations over the next few weeks. So let's get back to the Skidmore report, Michael. What do you see as the process for Rishi Sunak's government to respond to the report? Well, if you go through all of the recommendations, the department that comes up trumps with the largest number is Bayes. And so you'd expect them to coordinate the overall government response. But virtually every government department gets listed in those recommendations, Department of Transport, Education, Leveling Up and the like. The one that doesn't is DCMS. And it would be nice to see them brought into this discussion because they cover digital and digital is a key enabling technology and capability for the delivery of net zero. So it'd be nice for them to come in to this party. And as we drop down a level into skills, the Green Jobs Delivery Group is obviously the major focal point. And that in itself, from the last time it met, brought together at least four government departments, possibly six. And so it's a natural coordinating force because one of the complexities of climate change, it cuts across all government departments and it always finds difficult cross-cutting big themes like this. So it might mean that the Office for Net Zero, which is proposed in Chris's report, comes into life and aids the government departments in responding. The sun shines on the good and the great everywhere. It does. Can we talk briefly about Chris Skidmore himself? 
for a minute. I think we can fairly safely say it's unlikely he'll be stepping away from the net zero process. Let's not forget it was during his tenure as Minister of State for University Science Research and Innovation that he signed UK's net zero pledge into law in the first place. But he's not standing for election into the Commons next time round, is he? No, he isn't, because his seat is disappearing. The boundaries have changed. But I think we can download those nomination forms for the Climate Change Committee and suggest that he became chair of that if a vacancy were to occur. So you'll have our vote for that one. Lord Gummer, if you're listening, you heard it here first. <laughs> and finally, Michael, it's coming up to the end of the month. And I think I can safely assume that the Skidmore report is going to be on the list for your monthly reports roundup. What else have you seen this month? Well, there was a speech given over the last few days by Tony Danker, who is the Director General of the CBI. And in that speech, he refers to investment in green innovation, green technology, or the future green economy. And that was based on some research the CBI had done, which pegged the UK government's investment at about 1.2% of GDP. Now, that is less than half the German or the French investment in this area. And if you do the simple calculation that we should be spending at least 50 billion a year, that is about two and a half. 2.8% of GDP. It's a very crude overarching measure of the gap we've got to actually close over the coming years. And the 50 billion is meant to be spent between 2025 and 2050. So we've got a few years to ramp up very quickly to start spending very fast and spend wisely with no waste, please, this time. Starting with the Skidmore report. It's an excellent place to start, and he's going to provide some momentum direction for that as well. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.